This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio. The new AM740. The world doesn't need another sports show. It needs an awesome sports show. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. Neil, the boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning and welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto on the new AM740. I'm your host, Walter Rigabon, as usual with me in studio. This morning is my co-host, Naz Marchese. Good morning, Naz. How are you this morning? Great, Wally. How are you? Uh, what a remarkable evening at the ACC last night. Uh, I want to want to go over that because it... Uh, Certainly was uh, it was an evening for the ages in a lot of ways. And uh, last Sunday, um, and you know we've we've chatted about Dave Keon on the show, and we had a Dave Keon tribute show back in January, and we actually had him in studio for an hour back then. And uh, there there's no there's no secrets on the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. Dave Keon's been a personal uh, hero of mine since I was a young man, also of yours, Naz, and. Uh, Last Sunday on this show, I proclaimed it David Keon Week in Toronto and um, really had no idea how the week would pan out. I just thought it was going to be a special week, uh, but um, really remarkable evening. Really, really, um, you know, I always said the Air Canada Centre was missing something. Every time, and I've said this on the show, and I'll, I'll let you get your thoughts in as soon as I can here, Naz. Um, I always thought it was an empty place uh, without number 14, and it's not an empty place anymore. Naz, your thoughts? Yeah, it's not an empty place, and it was great uh, seeing the banner being raised and all the jerseys being retired. That was amazing because now, and it was all because of Dave Keon. He was the one who believed that uh, they should retire jerseys and uh Dave Keon and the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. Let's yeah, give right. us a little bit of credit, yeah. Naz. We, we've been talking about this since we got on the air uh, two and a half, over two and a half years ago. And I even wrote a, uh, even wrote a, a piece that was uh, published on the Internet that uh, the Leafs should retire, number 14. And we talked about this yeah. years ago. And uh, we've been talking about, it, but you know, all, 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 kid, happened, all kidding yeah. aside, Dave Keon, it was because of Dave Keon. Uh, he's a man of principle, um, you know. Up, you know, it's there have been issues uh, between him and the Toronto Maple Leafs over the years, and I don't really. It's not the day to really to get into that. No, and no. It's it's a day to celebrate. It's a day to celebrate. I'll put it that way. Last week, last on last Sunday show, I said this is David Keon week in Toronto, and what a remark! If you're a Dave Keon fan. Uh, if you are a Toronto Maple Leaf fan, uh, if you're uh, a fan of our generation, um, you know, uh, who actually watched David Michael Keon play in the 60s and the 70s, or if you're a young uh, fan and you didn't see David Keon play, but you listened to the stories from your father and your grandfather, 
um, certainly was a remarkable week. And it started uh, with the statue on Thursday um, at the uh, at the ACC. Um, sorry, it was a Wednesday or Thursday. Was, I lost it track. Thursday. It was Thursday. Okay, we were down there. It was October thirteenth. And then Friday, they had they voted in the top 100 Toronto Maple Leafs of all time. And, uh, you know, we've been saying it, Naz, since we've been on the air. We've always considered uh, David Keon the greatest Toronto Maple Leaf of all time. And, we, and I've unabashedly said it right to his, uh, you know, we've, we've, inter- we've talked to him on the air a few times. And I've always ended the interview by saying, uh, you know, David, I've, I've always considered you the greatest Toronto Maple Leaf of all time. And certainly... Uh, it was uh, it was nice that that was officially recognized. Um, the interesting part of it is that you know you you took a look at the announced every player, and you see the tears tears coming down on Daryl Sittler, Doug Gilmore, Frank Mahovlich, Johnny Bauer, Wendell Clark, that their jerseys were now retired and not to be used, not not to be worn again. And it, and Sittler was the uh, Sittler was the one who uh, was m- the most emotional, but they were all like that and the thunderous ovations. And uh, Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment did a good job with that last time. And you have to give Brendan Shanahan credit for this because he ultimately did all this. Yeah, and uh, uh, n- it's it's great. No, no question. Um, and and the Toronto Maple Leafs and Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment have always been criticized um one um you know there's there was a certain element of criticism how they did their 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 public functions when they closed the maple leaf gardens and when they opened the acc and they always it always it's always like the toronto maple leafs paled in comparison to the montreal canadians the montreal canadians just had uh, when when they did the, when they do their events at at the at the old forum and now the bell center uh, there's always there's always a there was always a sense of theater there's always a sense of drama there was always a sense of of emotion um and i for, for perhaps for the first time in history last night and maybe be just because i'm not a you know it, it'd be interesting to see how the cynics play this out you know the the one good thing i think about myself when it's come to sports i've never become cynical um i've always been a romantic about sports and, and romantic in the classical sense of the term um, and 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 I just thought last night the Leafs just did uh, MLSC did a fantastic job with the with the early ceremony. Not, not you know I don't know how many people actually saw it. Uh, There's quite a few people in the arena. Yeah, sure. but uh, they did a great job with the video. Uh, the background music to it was just was just stirring. It was just it just captured the emotion of the event. And then. And then they were all around center ice in a circle, and they were all dark. And if you weren't in the ACC, they gave out these little wristbands that flickered in light. And it was just—it was just—it was like—it was like being at an, uh, an, a concert, concert in some yeah. way. And it was ethereal in a certain sense. The music was um, was perfect for the occasion. And then and then they had all the all the all the honorees at center ice and. And then they started introducing them one by one. They give a little uh, vignette about them, a little video, and then and then they had this huge projection screen around the around the clock, uh, right around the ACC, and 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 they'd focus in on on the players, and 
And and when they focused in on Daryl Sittler, um, he was just overcome with emotion. Yeah, he was. Um, and so was Wendell, and so was Dougie. And the crowd, um, the crowd was into it. And then Johnny Bauer, yeah. um, and you know, he always, I mean, the most beloved athlete in Toronto. Uh, he he just looks, t- he still looks he great. Looks, you know? He still looks great. And yeah. like you said, we give, we give, um, we give kudos to MLSC. You guys did a fantastic job last night. You did, you did it for the fans. I think the fans of our generation, uh, certainly the ones that, of us that were there last night, perhaps the ones that saw it on CBC, would be an evening I will never forget. Um, it brought closure. To me, it brought closure to something that we've talked about uh, in terms of properly honoring the heroes of our youth, which was retire the sweaters. And that that was a complete and utter surprise. I, I yeah, we caught wind of it yesterday. I, I caught, caught wind, wind of it yesterday, yesterday afternoon on Twitter. I saw an, uh, a tweet from uh, Elliot Friedman uh, saying, you know, there was some of the some of the the Hockey Night in Canada guys started tweeting saying something's going on tonight. And Elliot Friedman tweeted, I think, uh, early afternoon, uh, the the sweaters are being retired. And then John Shannon came with a tweet, yeah, the sweaters are being retired. And I said, wow, that's incredible. Uh, and then, of course, we knew if they're retiring sweaters, they're retiring David Michael Keon sweater. And when he came out, um, uh, it was really a heart-wrenching moment for me uh, because we've talked about David Keon so much on the show over the last couple of years and how we wanted to see him properly honoured in Toronto for his contributions, that there was that gap when um, the fans never really got a chance um, I mean, he had made some appearances, but we never got the chance to honor David Keon. And we did back in January. Uh, but when they unfur- unfurled that banner, it finally there was that moment of closure where we said, you know what, the soul to the ACC has been restored. And uh, an incredible moment. It really, it really was. I'll, I'll remember that for a long, long, long time. Yeah, and this meant a lot to his family because you know, when they were doing the unveiling of the statue on Thursday, he did a speech, and, that, and it really, really was something. He introduced every one of his family. He was so proud of his family, Dave Keon. And you can see that uh, the closure of this has probably uh, affected his family too. In a oh, good, no in, question. In a, in a great way. No, he was, you know, and. Um and we'll, we'll talk a little about it. We've got to go to break. Um, and Who do we have coming up, Wally? We've got Joe Bowen, the voice of the Toronto Maple Leafs, and I'll let you introduce, I'll let you intro what we're about to do, Nez. Okay. Uh, before we go to commercial, a little clip with Joe Bowen. Neil Ander in front for Matthews. Oh, and he had a great chance. Another shot by Neil Ander. Centered in front. They score! They score! Austin Matthews opens the scoring. Welcome to the NHL! Brought to the line by Matthews, couldn't get it into the zone, steals it back. Austin Matthews on the left wing, got it in over the line and stole it again. He's going to the net, shot, he scores! Austin Matthews banks it off the post and in! Never mind one, let's have two! Here's Riley going wide, sends it in front of the net, shot, he scores! Do you believe this? Holy Mackinac, he's got three! My goodness! 
Here's Matthews with Nylander, two on one. Back to Matthews. He scores! Four goals! Do you believe this? Holy Mackinac, the kid's on fire! It was a rainy day when Pizzaville asked, do you want to meet the hot Hawaiian of your dreams? This hot Hawaiian is slathered in bacon, red onion, spicy sausage, pineapple and hot banana peppers. A medium thin crust is just $12.99. One bite and you'll say, Lou, wow! You might even get a lay on the beach. Call Pizzaville at pound 3636 on your cell phone. There's an old saying, Entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. Steel's Paint in Woodbridge, an enormous 20,000-square-foot superstore that carries nothing but the best. Superior staff, superior advice, superior selection, superior everything. When you have a really tough job to do, they can knock it down to size. They'll show you how to get it done right, and because they only sell the best of everything, you'll get it done to last. That means superior satisfaction. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. The best. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics, on time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Bond. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. They're not here to be nice. They're here to be right. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto on the new AM740. And once again, a friendly reminder, if you're listening in downtown Toronto, you can also tune us in on 96.7 FM. Just want to remind our listeners, uh, coming up in the middle of the hour, we'll have, be talking to Ken Reed. Ken Reed, the, uh, you can find him on Sportsnet. going to be talking about his book, one night only, but we're pleased and thrilled to have with us right now the voice of the Toronto Maple Leafs, Joe Bowen. Good morning, Joe. Morning. How are you guys today? We're uh, we're recovering from the festivities from last night, Joe. Uh, certainly, uh, and I'm talking about the hockey game and also talking about uh, what I thought was uh, was a pretty remarkable ceremony uh, prior to the game. Caught everybody off guard to a certain extent was the retiring of the sweaters and. 
and of course the celebration of uh, of David Keon uh, for the entire week. Uh, Joe, your thoughts on uh, your thoughts on uh, what happened in uh, Toronto Maple Leaf Land this week? Well, I think Wally, one of the things I mean, uh, Ken Dryden is the one who came up with the idea of honoring the jerseys, and I, I thought, and I. I voiced this opinion on a number of occasions. I didn't think that we were, or the Leafs were allowed to go far enough in honoring the jerseys. If, in fact, they were going to be honored and still be utilized, then something should have been uh, on those jerseys to signify the greats who had worn them in past. And I thought that if there was um, uh, a number 27 that was issued for to someone, and, and it would have to be judiciously handed out, not just someone who decided they wanted to have the jersey, then it would have to have on the home jersey that this sweater was worn by Frank Mahovlich and on the home jersey, say, it was worn by Daryl Sittler. But the National Hockey League would not let the Leafs do that, from what I understand. And so subsequently, they hung in the rafters, and no one wore the numbers uh, out of respect and and out of, uh, you know, not having just... uh, somebody coming up from the minors on a, on a, a week uh, pass to, uh, oh, I'd like to have 27. Well, I'm sorry, but we're not doing that. So in essence, the numbers were retired, although James Van Riemsdyk was wearing sweater number 21 when Boreas Salming had his sweater retired, honored, and it still remained in, in circulation. So I guess to, to, to finalize things, uh, they just decided, hey, you know what, uh, let's follow – uh, suit with the rest of the National Hockey League and uh, have the jersey number retired. And uh, that obviously opened the door for David Keon, who was uh, very adamant throughout the course of uh, all of this, that he felt that numbers should be retired, not honored. Uh, so I, I guess in essence, David won. Uh, but in, in retrospect, I, I think the numbers were retired anyway because no one was wearing them and no one was going to get to wear them. Unless, A, the Leafs said that it was all right, and B, probably the honored member who was uh, up in the rafters said that it was all right that so-and-so wore his number. Joe, Wednesday night, we opened in Ottawa. The unexpected happened. (laughs) Austin Matthews, four goals. What was the buzz around the arena like in in the arena that night? Uh, Disappointing to some extent because there were empty seats all over the place. Wow. Um, Both end zones were were wide open. I was quite flabbergasted that, A, on a home opener for uh, a Canadian team, that there would be empty seats, and, B, uh, that if the Leafs were playing there in Ottawa, where there were always a lot of Leaf fans, and there were a great deal, a great number of them, that uh, uh, that it was somewhat empty. Now, Getting past that, uh, what what transpired on the ice was magical. Um, uh, you know, uh, people score first goals in first games, uh, and everything is pretty exciting. And you can certainly ask Mitch Marner about that from last night. But to have, uh, you know, a career game in your very first game uh, is completely unfathomable. And uh, uh, it was a very exciting time to be a part of. It was exciting to broadcast and I can only imagine uh, what uh, Austin Matthews must have felt like uh, going through it. It's uh, it's a heck of a way to place a bar awfully high. Uh, now trying to even uh, maintain that kind of thing is going to be rather difficult for this young man. Joe, uh, the first few games in the NHL, scoring is up. It's up quite a bit. 
and we're seeing a lot of the young players excel. Is this turning into a young man's game in the NHL? And if it is, the Leafs are in good position. Well, you know, one of the things that I've often said, and, and I've, you don't have to go very far to get out into a rink if you have kids or grandkids or whatever to go out and watch uh, how uh, good and how skilled all of the young players are at this time in the history of this sport. And so when somebody says, oh, it's going to get watered down, well, I'm not so sure it's going to get watered down. It's going to get improved, I think, with a number of young people that are so gifted and so skilled and so well taught and so, uh, uh, you know, committed to playing by doing so many other things in order to uh, excel at this sport. So uh, I think it is. It's, it's a young man's sport. It's, it's much quicker. Um, the, uh, the physicality, a lot of that, and the intimidation has been taken out of this sport to a great extent. And so it's allowing young people who have good skill or great skill to demonstrate it on a nightly basis rather than be intimidated into, uh, you know, just trying to get out there and surviving. And uh, I think you're right. Uh, the Leafs have got some great young skilled players and if they're allowed to uh, play their game, they're going to excel at it. We're talking to Joe Bowen. Joe, uh, f- first of all, I c- um, uh, chatted with you on, off the air the other day, and uh, congratulations. I, I, I don't know if that's the right term, but uh, your call on Austin Matthews' uh, four goals uh, certainly uh, sent chills up our spine, and uh, we always love listening to you. Uh, uh, in fact, I, I, I take in most of my Toronto Maple Leafs by radio now than I do by television just because I want to listen to you. But uh, we played a few of your calls from the Austin Matthews, and uh, they're certainly uh, certainly exceptional. Um, so my kudos for that. And talking about young talent in the NHL, there's another young gentleman that uh, I like to say that he's been overshadowed by Austin Matthews. We We touched on him very, very briefly, but last night, you talk about skill level, but the goal that Mitch Marner scored last night—I mean, looked over his shoulder, took the took the puck on one side, uh, over one shoulder, switched it over to the other, and found the far post. Uh, Nineteen years old, twenty years old, whatever he is, uh, remarkable, remarkable uh, talent. Uh, your observations of Mitch Marner so far? Well, he he is a, has got tremendous vision and uh, and quickness and and. The, we saw it right away that the difference um, coming to this training camp as opposed to what he did last year. And immediately in the exhibition games, you saw people back off and give him room uh, that you kind of were surprised that they were doing that. But because of his quickness and because of the way he moves the puck and his vision, uh, he's not going to bull by somebody, but he's going to embarrass you if you get uh, uh, out of position with him. And, Um, I thought in the game in Ottawa in the first period and maybe the first half of the game that Mitch Marner was the best player on the ice, except that Austin Matthews scored four goals. Uh, Marner had six shots. Um, I think Matthews finished with that many. And so, um, yeah, his, uh, and and I watching him during the preseason, I I questioned on the air whether he had uh, a major league shot. Uh, But certainly uh, the, the placement of that shot last night was as perfect as you're going to get. So I had to eat my words a little bit there, but um, he, he, his vision and his, uh, his uh, pr- 
presence on the ice. He goes to uh, areas where all of a sudden the puck materializes, and that's a wonderful skill that you can't teach. Uh, it's an innate thing, and uh, he certainly has it. He's very exciting to watch. Joe, that sounds like uh, Wayne Gretzky when he started. The puck followed him, and uh, yeah. he didn't have a hard shot. And he, <laughs> Although a Marner can skate a little bit quicker than Gretzky could, but uh, I'm not comparing him to Wayne Gretzky. I'm just saying they, they got similar similar playing styles. I, you know what? I, and we may not be able to uh, compare him to Gretzky when all is said and done, but, but those attributes that Wayne had are very much on evidence uh, with what um, uh, Mitch Marner is doing. Matthews is a different player. Um, uh, you know, uh, he's, he's bigger, stronger. He's going to do uh, different things like that. But Marner is very, very much like a Wayne Gretzky. Um, now, that, that's pretty heady praise and, and an awful uh, uh, record to have to try to uh, emulate. But I think that we're going to see him play a lot like that through the course of his career because that's exactly the type of player he is. One of the veterans last night stood up in a fight. Nazem Kadri took on David Backus, and I thought that was a, a great start for the Leafs. It really boosted the team. And I was surprised and, uh, and pleased. He handled himself very well. Yeah, they've got a bit of a history. They had a uh, pretty go round, uh, good go round uh, in uh, uh, St. Louis when Backus was with St. Louis uh, last year. So uh, that was kind of surprising, I guess, to uh, some extent. But, uh, um, you know, he uh, held himself quite well. In fact, one of the things I'm going to do today is go through my book and find out when we actually had three fights last year. I think it was probably March. And we've had in two games, we've had three fights. So um, Mike Babcock team that usually was uh, refrained from doing such things is looking more like a Randy Carlisle team that led the league in fighting majors uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, we're talking to Joe Bourne. Uh, Joe, we won't keep you much longer. And uh, normally at this point of the interview with you, I usually bring the Notre Dame fighting Irish into the picture. Oh, but I'm, I'm no, leaving that alone. Going well. No, things <laughs> are not going well, Joe. So I don't even want to talk about that. <laughs> i got to deal with these Alabama guys in studio every week. And yeah, uh, yeah, they're, yeah. they're rubbing it in pretty hard. So we'll, we'll, leave, we'll leave the fighting Irish out of it. For the rest of this year, football-wise, anyways, maybe they'll uh, maybe basketball or hockey they'll do better. Uh, but uh, one one team I do want to ask you about is because you're an owner of it is the Green Bay Packers. They're in tough this year against the Vikings. Just uh, line us up with that one. Well, uh, the Vikings are playing well, and and uh, and Bradford has been, uh, I mean, a godsend after the injury uh, to their starting quarterback. But the, the, this season is very early. They're living off uh, a lot of the excitement of the new building and everything else. Uh, they haven't come to Lambeau yet. So we're, we're, we're biding our time on this, and we'll wait. Uh, but it's going to be a good run. It'll be a good uh, battle in that uh, division. And uh, uh, I, I kind of think that the Packers might be a little bit deeper, but we'll wait and see how that all turns out. Certainly, uh, certainly we'll keep an eye on that, Joe. Listen, Joe, thanks so much for joining us on a Sunday morning. Uh, we really, really appreciate it. My pleasure, Wally. All, all the best. Thank you. Have a fantastic day. That, of you course, too. that of course was uh, the voice of the Toronto Maple Leafs, Joe Bowen, and he hasn't uh, b- broadcasting Leaf games, and as he hasn't lost a step. I mean, he's one of the he's one of the what do I call him the classic play by play guys that they make the game entertaining. Yeah, and he's the biggest homer, and 
He, he, oh, should, I, he should be proud of it. He uh, should be proud of it. You know what, Joe? You know what? I disagree with that criticism of Joe. He's he's excitable when it comes to the Toronto Maple Leafs, but he's not scared to criticize. No, no, no. That's true. That's right? true. That's he, true. He, he, will, he will tell you exactly how he sees it, and he's an astute hockey observer. Um, obviously, I... I, I my guess is his loyalties lie with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Sure there's nothing do. wrong with there's that. There's nothing wrong with that. And there's nothing wrong with that. But he's he's uh, he's a fair hockey mind and a very critical hockey mind. And I just find him incredibly entertaining. And that's what sports is all about, isn't it? At the end of the day, sports yeah. is supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be entertaining. We we talk- and, and you know, and he's to me, he's part of those legion of hockey broadcasters that we grew up with, the Danny Gallivans, the. Um, the Bill Hewitts, uh, the Rick Jennerets, uh, you know those types of those types of uh, uh, guys that they, you know what, they made a lousy game entertaining, and that's Joe Bowen. And his call, you. his call Wednesday night with the Austin Matthews goals, especially the third and the fourth. Yeah, you know what, it's entertainment. It is. It is. And right, and I look forward to listening to him. He's just, he's just, he's he's one of a kind. You can't duplicate him. And that and that's what makes him. I I you know we did we did a list of the top ten hockey broadcasters of all time, and he's certainly, as far as I'm concerned, he's in that list. Yeah. Anyways, uh, it's time for us to go to break. Right after the break, we'll be talking to Ken Reed. Ken Reed, of course, with Sportsnet, and uh, he's going to be talking about his new book, One Night Only. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville announced that you can get a three-topping party pizza with 24 slices for just $24. It's perfect for large groups on a budget, like staff meetings, sports teams or special ops units. Go, 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 go! So before you break down any doors, get a three-topping party pizza with 24 square slices for just $24. Call Pizzaville on your cell phone at pound 3636. At 20,000 square feet, Steel's Paint and Woodbridge is Canada's largest independent paint store. Big deal, right? Big deal, yes. The best brands, the best staff, the best advice, the best of everything. From color matching to brand selection, whether you're a pro or a DIYer, we'll look after you from the minute you walk in to the minute you walk in a second time as a completely satisfied customer. Big store, big deal, bigger satisfaction. Simple. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics, on time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. 
The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour is a paid program. Opinions expressed on the show are those of Naz and Wally and their guests. There are two ways to argue sports with these guys, and none of them work. The boys are back, the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. We're pleased to welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, Ken Reed. Ken Reed, of course, of Sportsnet. And uh, Ken, how are you this morning? I'm great. How are you guys doing? We're doing great. Thank you so much. Uh, we've talked to uh, talked a little bit about what happened at the ACC last night. Your thoughts on the uh, the ceremonies and the retirements of the jerseys and the welcoming back of Dave Keon? Finally, that's my word. <laughs> um, the, the whole uh, honoring a jersey thing to me is just. It's strange. You have to retire a jersey. If someone's worthy of being honored, retire their jersey. And that was Dave Keon's obvious gripe with the Leafs for a long, long time. And, and credit to Brendan Shanahan and company because they finally got it right. I know we in the media, we love to pick on the Leafs. And people love to make Leafs jokes. But you know what? They got it 100% right last night. Good on the Leafs for doing that. It was great to see Dave Keon back uh, back in the fold with the Leafs. I think you know, the unfortunate part is because this took so long. There's a lot of people out there who probably don't know as much about Dave Keon as they should. Um, obviously, I didn't see him play. He was, he was before my time, but I've read up enough about him to know that you know he was he, he was a great player and he had great influence on a lot of people. One of my favorite books is Keon and Me by Dave Bedini. It's one of my favorite hockey books. And just to see to know the impact that Dave Keon had on a lot of people, like my dad always talks about him, his friends always talk about him, and it was good to see him back, and it, it, it was it was very classy, the Leafs, long overdue, and yes, Jersey should be retired, not honored. We're talking to Ken Reed of, uh, of Sportsnet, and Ken, the last time we had you on the show, we talked about what I thought was, uh, what not thought, what I think is a, is a really interesting and a really good book that I enjoyed, Hockey Card Stories. Uh, uh, for us, uh, for us guys that perhaps are a little bit older than you, and Naz and I are actually old enough to remember to remember watching Dave Keon play hockey, and yeah. uh, but uh, we we had a blast with your book, Hockey Card Stories. Uh, but now you've got a new one. It's called. I do, yeah. It's hockey called. Yeah, sorry, Hockey Card Stories was a ton of fun. The new one's called One Night Only. Tell yeah. us, tell our listeners a little bit about your new book. One night only is basically for it's for beer leaguers. It's for everybody who ever played road hockey or or uh, recreational hockey and thought, man, I'd love to play just one game in the NHL because I think we all have that dream when we're kids of playing in the NHL. And then usually the reality comes that we're not going to play in the NHL. And then you know I've always been the guy that said, man, I just give in even to play one game. So one night only, we talked to forty guys who did just that who played just a single game in the NHL. There's once. There's about 300 guys in NHL history who've only played one game. So talk to the guys in the book, and I basically want to know if their dreams were ripped right out of their hands or if their dream actually came true by getting that one night. Was it bitter? Was it bittersweet? Was it the thrill of a lifetime where they just teased with this one night only in the NHL? 
Ken, uh, Don Cherry is in the in, is one of those uh, players. Is there anything in the book about Cherry? Of course, yeah. Don had to be in there. It's kind of funny. I mean, when you're going to, to sell a book, the publisher obviously wants it to be, you know, marketable. And so when I'm pitching this idea, people are like, well, what's, what's marketable about these guys that, that, let's be honest, most of us have never heard of? Well, I'm a true believer that everybody has a story, and every story is worth listening to if you can, if you can find the right angle. But Don Cherry, I mean, to me, has to be in that book. He's the king. I call him the king of the one-gamers. So, yeah, Don's in there, and it all kind of builds towards Don. And, and Don has a great story. I mean, a lot of people ask me if these guys are full of regret um, or if they've moved on. And with Don, Don's definitely moved on. But there's, sure, there's that, that hint of regret as well. You know, he, he was injured the summer after he played. He was injured by playing baseball, of all things. Came back to his training camp with the Bruins. They basically, you know, were really high on him. He had played the one game the year before against Montreal in the playoffs, but came back with basically a wire holding his shoulder together back in the day. He'd hurt his shoulder playing baseball, and he just couldn't go, and he, he disobeyed disobeyed the, the brass back then, and if you disobeyed the brass in the original six, you were buried, and uh, his, his NHL career was done. What were the... Uh, what player did you enjoy the, the story the most? of all the guys that you wrote about in this book? Yeah. The, I mean, the stories are are as different as you would think they would be. There was one gentleman who retired from the Toronto Stock Exchange when he was 51, just quit hockey when he was 25, and switched to hockey and switched, to, pardon me, to, to, to business, and he's retired and quite wealthy from it. There's the guy who works at the Hockey Hall of Fame now named Darren Boyko, who's in the Finnish Hockey Hall of Fame. Went on to a, hockey, a Hall of Fame career, in Finland, and he actually worked at the Hockey Hall of Fame in Toronto. But one story that I really enjoyed was from a guy named Bob Ring. He was from the Boston area. He played one game for the Bruins. And when he was 19, he found himself playing in the minor leagues. This was also during the Vietnam War when the draft was on. And uh, he was he was draft eligible. He had played hockey in the NHL for one game, and then he was a minor league goalie. He was trying out in Dayton. He didn't want to go to Nam. So... If you didn't want to go to Vietnam and you were a young kid, you had to go to college, but he couldn't get into any U.S. colleges to play hockey because he'd played in the NHL, so they considered him a pro. So he actually ended up going to Acadia University in Wolfville, Nova Scotia. They would always tell the draft board, uh, young Mr. Ring is of good standing with this school, even when he was struggling academically. <laughs> and he ended up graduating from Acadia. And so you could say, in a way, Acadia, and maybe that one game with the Bruins, saved him from going to Vietnam. So... That story from Bob just started innocently with a phone call, and he took me down this crazy, crazy road where, where his one game in Acadia University probably saved his life in a way. And we're talking to uh, Ken Reed of uh, Sportsnet. Ken, uh, uh, of course, just wrote a book, One Night Only. Uh, just wanted to get back uh, uh, to uh, perhaps the idea. How did this, how did the idea for the book come to you? And... Uh, Tell us some of some of the stories about how you track some of these people down. Yeah, well, I wanted to do a follow-up to Hockey Card Stories. I wanted to do a second book, but I didn't really want to do a second Hockey Card book yet. I am. I'm working on another one, but I wanted to follow it up with something different. I like the process of Hockey Card Stories, that I had to track guys down and talk to different guys. And, you know, There was a lot of stories in one book. 
I was brainstorming one night, and I always, always like to go back to where I'm from and kind of write about what you know. And there was a guy from, from my neck of the woods named Trevor Fahey, and it, I'd always heard that he, he had a short career, so it ended up he played one game in the NHL. And I thought, man, that's a story. And I'm a guy that's always, always, always maintained and said I'd give anything to play one game in the NHL. And I thought, well, I think there's a story there. I don't know if there's a book. I Google it up and. There's about 300 guys who've played just one game. Like, I think I think that's a good book idea. I think I want to write a book about this. I'm at work one day, and I run into Jeff Merrick, and he says, what's your next book about? I go, I want to write a book about guys who played one game in the NHL. He goes, oh, my God, I've had that idea forever. I want to, you know, I've always said I want to write a book about guys who played a game in the NHL. So that, initially, Jeff and I were going to do it together. That was our initial plan. Um, Jeff's super busy. Our, our hockey package came along. He's basically working all day, every day. Uh, he's got a couple of kids, so he agreed to write the forward to the book. And so I set about tracking down 40 men who played just a game in the NHL. And you asked about how do I, do I find them. That was the really fun thing. When you're doing a book on hockey cards, most of the guys are pretty well-known or readily available. When you're doing a game book on guys who played just one night in the NHL, it's kind of just like looking up anybody in 411 and try to track them down. So luckily I knew a lot of people in the hockey world who could point me in the right direction to guys and where they might be. I went through a lot of their junior teams who might have an alumni directory. And often in times there's, there's sports collectors out there who'd like to track down autographs of people who played just one game, I, I discovered. So I would use the, their addresses on the Internet and get their, get their phone number in conjunction with that address and Basically, just call them up, give them my spiel. And uh, luckily for me, most of the guys were more than willing to talk. And, you know, I called them up with the intention of talking for 10 minutes. And sometimes we'd talk for an hour and a half. And uh, it was a lot of fun tracking the guys down. One guy I, one guy I tracked down through uh, a buddy on my men's league hockey team. My buddy works at the beer store. This guy in the book works at the beer store. So wow. he got me a number. So basically, uh, any method uh, legal, any legal <laughs> method I would use to track these guys down. What an interesting con- contrast from last night where you had 17 players have the jersey retired and mm-hmm. play close to 20,000 games, and then you're talking about one game. It's an interesting book, I'm sure. It is, because and, I, and I, that's one thing I wanted to get through. When you had those Leafs on the, on the ice last night, and they're getting applause, they, they deserve that. They're all great players, but... I also want to get through that if you made the NHL for just one game, you're also you're also a great player. I mean, as fans, we'll say, oh, look at that guy, he stinks. Well, I got news for you. He's in the NHL. He doesn't stink. If you made it to the top of the mountain in your profession, you don't stink, and you should be respected. Maybe you're not the best mountain climber of them all, but you still got that peak. You, you climb that mountain. So I wanted the stories of these 40 guys to be told, and I wanted it to be respected. I'm sure maybe a few of them answered the phone and thought oh, I'm calling to make fun because they only played one game but I wanted to make sure that I was I was calling to, to be very respectful and to tell their story because the story of, of, of making it to the, the peak of your profession for the briefest moment of time no matter what the profession to me there has to be a great story there and in this case there was and and it's also I mean for all of us it's, it's the dream of playing in the NHL every Canadian kid dreams of that so, I mean, 
just just think of your dream, what your what your dream was, and if it just happened for just that that briefest moment of time, how would you deal with that? And how would you how would you move on from that? Would it define you, or would you help it just make make part? Of it? Would it be just part of what what makes you the person you are today? Ken, before we let you go, I want to talk about the Blue Jays. And uh, if somebody had told you that uh, they would give up two runs in the first two games and lose mm-hmm. both games, would you have believed it? No, I would not have. Um, pitching's been fantastic. Unfortunately, uh, the Jays live by the home run. When you live by the home run, you die by the home run. Um, man, Andrew Miller was fantastic, and their bats just, just couldn't get it done. So first two games of the playoffs were a breeze. The bats were cooking. So I guess as a Jays fan, the hope you hold out is, okay, the bats can get hot. You just need the bats to get hot. Traditionally, the team hits well at home. But they have to find a way to do that and in a hurry. I thought the first game they played really well. Um, I think last night you just got to kind of tip your hat. I mean, to me, there's no reason to be screaming and freaking out. And I, I know that's, uh, that sounds weird because during September, I was a guy who was screaming and freaking out. But I think that that run they went on at the start of October, end of September, shows me that, that they can turn it on. They can play good ball. I like that they look. At, they got a couple looks at Miller now, so we'll see. It it sounds it sounds like an impossible task, but it's been done before. So I'm not in panic mode yet. But uh, they're obviously you obviously want to split going to Cleveland, and Cleveland looked great. But on the positive, like you said, Cleveland only scored four goal four uh, runs in those first two games, and the Jays' pitching's been terrific. So you just have to hope that they're back. Uh, start to pop. You know, it reminds me uh, sometimes of 1987 when their bats went silent. And you mentioned mm-hmm. that on your on your Sportsnet show yeah. a couple of times. And it still reminds me of that. I don't know. I, that's in my mind, the 1987 season. Yeah, I mean, it's only natural to think, oh, man. Remember what happened in 87, that lead on, in Detroit, and it all went wrong. But it's it's natural to be to be uncomfortable as a fan. I mean, that's why we're fans, right? We're fanatical. We're not supposed to have reason, but I'm, I'm trying to tap into the cerebral side of my fan with the Jays and, and think they can hit. You, ha- you have to think Russell Martin's not going to go with two hits in the postseason, and Jose Bautista's not going to hit 170 or whatever he's hitting for the postseason. But here's the thing, guys, and you know this. The, the postseason, it's, it's a small window. If you're cold, you're done you're hot, you're cooking, so they got to get hot and they have to do it in a hurry or they're, they're done. Uh, we're talking to Ken Reed of Sportsnet. I won't keep you much longer, Ken, and there's one topic near and dear to me. I, I've got I've to ask you one last question before we, mm-hmm. before we, we, before we let you go, which is uh, every now and then I go down and uh, check out my hockey card collection just to re- remind me of the, <laughs> of my, the great memories. I've got, I've got uh, some from the 50s and the 60s, but uh, what's happening in the hockey card market these days? Is it still as active as it, as it I know it's been up and down over time, but uh, what's, what's the status of the hockey card market these days? It's very healthy. It's, it's not like it was in the late 80s and late 90s. There's not just people popping in to make a quick buck. If you're in it, you're in it. You know what I mean? People are very dedicated to the hobby. Old stuff that's in good shape, they call it vintage, sells really, really well. It sells really well. Um, everybody freaked over the Connor McDavid, young gun rookie last year. We'll expect the same madness with Austin Matthews this year. Um, yeah, I think the hockey card industry is very healthy. It's, it's not it's not the crazy, crazy it was, but people are in it. They're very dedicated. They, they quite enjoy it. Um, 
there's not as many shysters moving in just to make a quick buck like there was back in the day. Stores aren't popping up everywhere, but a lot of, a lot of people do their they're buying online. Um, I'm I'm more of an in-person guy. I like the human connection. I like talking to people about it and getting their memories of their old cards. So uh, the Toronto card shows today down in Leaside. It's very healthy. It's a monthly show. Uh, the big sports card expo is coming up in just a few weeks at the International Center. We get up November 10th, 11th, 12th. There's, there's huge crowds out there just buying sports memorabilia and hockey cards are the main draw. And, oh, I'll plug, and I'll be signing my book one night only at that event, at the Sports Card Expo at the International Center. I'll be hosting a public Q&A with Scotty Bowman at that as well. So, yeah, the hockey cards are, are very healthy, and I'm waiting for my invite to come look at yours. Now, I have to ask you a question because – is there any such thing as a wrestling card? And if there is, is oh, there yeah. a sweet daddy, sweet daddy, sneaky wrestling card out there? I don't know if sweet daddy had a card, but yeah, there are wrestling cards. Uh-huh. Like there are wrestling cards when you go way back. The cards for the 80s, I mean, the eighties there were wrestling cards. I had some Hulk Hogan ones, but yeah, there's still wrestling cards today. They got cards for everything. I've got my old Batman cards. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, you remember the Batman cards from the mid sixties? Yeah, uh, I, I yeah, I got I still got about ten or fifteen of those. I I, I think I got some uh, get smart cards. They had that everything oh, going on. Anyways, uh, Ken, Ken, we're we're gonna let you go, and uh, yeah, of course you have a, you have a standing invitation to go through my my hockey card collection. Wow. I got I got some stuff in there. I think you'd find interesting. Oh, uh, I'd love to. I, I get so geeked up going through old cards. I got, so like you said. It reminds you of your childhood. Oh, it's unbelievable. Right? I mean, I got the Tall Boys from '64. Oh, I've got. I got about three or four Rocket Richards from the late 50s, some Jean Bellevaux, and uh, I can't say they're in vintage condition. They're probably not investment grade, but uh, they bring back. They're more important than being investment grade. They're memories. That's that, the, that, see, now you're talking my game. I'm, yeah. I'm the same as you. I'm not in it to make money. No, just, they're, just, they're, they're little pieces of hockey history. They're, they're, they're incredible memories. Uh, remind, me of the, uh, remind me of when I was five, six, nine years old. And what, what yeah. could you ask more than that? Uh, I'm going to unabashedly plug your books, Ken, because we're going to leave it at this. There, they, there are, you know, for people who, who like uh, sports books and like these types of topics, uh, want to bring back fantastic memories, I highly recommend Ken Reed's books, uh, One Night Only. Hockey card stories, uh, they're, uh, they're certainly great items. Christmas is coming up. Uh, I'm sure the sports fan in your family would love to see that uh, under their tree or on their iPad. Uh, Ken, I'm sure you can find these books at Indigo, mm-hmm. at, uh, at Amazon, online, in bookstores. Uh, I just want to tell our listeners, uh, go out and get it. It'd be a great Christmas present for somebody. Thank you. I appreciate the plug. And you guys have my number now. You can call me anytime. We just, we just don't have to plug my books, but please, any any opportunity, you know, I'll take it. It's, it's our it's our pleasure to plug your yeah. books, and we're certainly we're going to get together, and we're going to have we're going to we're going to kill a couple hours looking at hockey cards. I think that would be a blast. That'd be a good show. That'd be a lot yeah. of fun. Absolutely, Ken. We'll thanks do so much. On Sunday morning. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Ken, thanks, thanks Ken. so much. That was uh, that was certainly a pleasure for us for him to take uh, take a lot of time for us on a Sunday morning. Nice gentleman. Wrestling cards. Can you believe it? Uh, are we going to get into Don Leo uh, Jonathan? Are we, we going to get into <laughs> my favorite wrestler of all time? Who's your? Okay, let's let's. You know, we got a few minutes left, and you know, we, you can't throw that out at me, Naz, because you know I'm laughing, dying laughing inside. <laughs> Uh, your favorite wrestler of all Pompero time? Furpo. No, he wasn't your favorite yes, wrestler. He was, he was yes, not he was. Naz. 
Who was your favorite wrestler of all time? No, it was. Papara Furpo. Papara Furpo? Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Mine was Ernie the Cat Lad. Yeah, yeah. Ernie the Cat Lad. He used to have that uh, that little bomber jacket with the sequins. The thumb. The thumb. The thumb. And he used to, on the back of his jacket, it used to say promises, promises. But I want to get away from wrestling. We got a, we got a, not that uh, we have fun with that topic. We got a few minutes left. And, uh, we haven't had much of a chance. We talked to uh, Ken Reed very briefly, the Jays. This is not where we wanted to be at this time of the series, but um, uh, it's not over yet. Uh, and, I, and I made the point when we talked earlier, Naz, you know, uh, the layoff, I mean, they, they dusted off the Rangers in three games, which was a good thing. But then it was they had to wait five days. And that's, you know, you, you, might, you might be able to rest your arms, but it's not good for the batters who – who who were hot? I mean, they 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 uh, they cranked out a few balls in that in that Texas series, um, and then they had five days off, and the bats went cold. Uh, I've always said if you got hot hot bats going, keep playing. Cleveland's not hitting that great either. So no, but, but, they, but they, Cleveland, they, but they won both games. Yeah, they but Cleveland, games. Cleveland. I don't know. They remind me of the Kansas, Kansas City, Kansas City from last year. The they beat last... you in a different way. I right? said that in the show last week. I said they're going to have a tough time against Cleveland because they, they, they played small ball. You know, uh, Cleveland plays small ball, and they got that big guy. Uh, what's his name again? Mil- is it Miller? Miller. The guy Miller. coming out of the bullpen there he reminds me of Randy Johnson. Uh, you know, he's 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 six foot twenty. Uh, and he throws it from you know seven feet out to the side of him, and the ball comes in at an angle, and the Jays just they just they don't know where this ball's coming from. They you struck know, out thirteen times yesterday. Well, times. you know, I mean, uh, what what hurt the Jays yesterday is you know Cleveland was playing with their weakest starter, and they didn't get to him. Uh, I can't remember the guy's name is Tomlin, Timlin, Tom. whatever, whatever his name is. Um, that was a game they needed to get. To the starter, and he didn't look overpowering right? either. No, like his. and and he was he was the, he's probably the worst starter in their rotation. And the Jays just you know they just they were flat. Their bats were just uh, just were flat. And uh, you know, I mean, the energy of the crowd Monday night, uh, things will turn around. I'm not giving up hope. I think that I still think the Jays are a better team than the Indians overall. And uh, and by hook or by crook. Um, uh, I still have, my gut tells me they're going to pull this series out somehow. I mean, last year they fell behind two to Texas at home. Um, they lost the first two last year against Texas, and the next. Uh, uh, so this year, you know, they're gonna they're gonna sweep. Uh, they're gonna take. Uh, they're gonna take three games in Toronto, if not two or three. But they'll. I think they're going to win the series. Well, I hope so. I hope so. Getting back to last night, I was in uh, Real Sports Apparel where they sell the jerseys. And I was talking to one of the clerks. She told me they printed 1,000 Austin Matthews jerseys. Amazing. 1,000. And they were sold out by the end of the first period. 1,000 jerseys at $250 a clip. That's a quarter of a million dollars in Austin Matthews jerseys. Is that incredible or what? Yeah, I was. we were walking around last night, and, and uh, the amount of Austin Matthews jerseys was phenomenal. And, uh, yeah, that certainly created a buzz in the city. Uh, we've got about 30 seconds left. I just want to finish it this way, Naz. Um, a few years ago, um, we made it a cause of this show that we wanted to see David Keon on Legends Row. We wanted to see his number retired. We wanted to see his uh, a suitable uh, honor for him at the ACC. It finally came to pass, and we're thrilled about it. Um, 
we congratulate Brendan Shanahan. We congratulate MLSE. And we give our congratulations to David Keon and his family. Um, it was a great evening. It's been another great week on the Nazawali Sports Hour. To all our listeners, have a fantastic week. We'll be back again next Sunday morning. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.